Hi, my name is Al Shepard. And I am William Moorhead. And this This is The Witching Witching Hour. If you're new to our podcast, here's what we're about. First, this is a pagan podcast. About all things pagan and related topics. And we are live! Yes! So, you never know what's likely to come out of either of us at any given time. But hopefully, it will be interesting enough to keep you coming back and asking for more. For those of you who have been following us in past episodes, you will notice some radical changes. First, we decided you might get a kick out of a spontaneous approach to whatever topics we bring you. For instance, in the Witching Hour number 19... We thought about introducing you to Carl McComb's long treatise on the entire historical from the beginnings to the present day. Well, at least where he left off before he returned to his origins as a Roman Catholic. What we discovered from our listeners is that they would rather read this information for themselves. I mean, honestly, we were really relieved. It It is a lot of material, and I think all folks considering becoming a full fledged pagan should have all his writings under their belts. It's laid out very well and it's easy to read and comprehend. But it's a lot of reading. It It would probably be much easier to understand if taken in small, comfortable doses (laughs) when the reader has the time and is relaxed and ready to take it all in on their own. So here's our solution. Just send a request to our link to get Beginnings by Carl McCollman, and we will also include his paper, After the Magic, which explains exactly why he left after long years of being a very important influence in the world of paganism and returned to the Catholic Church. Just listen for the link to contact us at the end of this podcast, or find it on the podcast site, you know, the place that says, Contact Us. So what happens now? Now we get to enjoy a whole new way of communicating with our listeners. New topics and a new way of talking to each other. A lot more fun for everyone. And to get us started, here's tonight's topics to be followed by another riveting installment of The Tarot Table. (laughs) (laughs) So we have two wonderful guests tonight. Here's They're two of my very favorite people. And here's what we're going to pick their brains about. Why they picked paganism as a religious point of focus in their lives. And then, what this sacred season is all about. In case you really don't know, Beltane and what our local pagan groups are going to do to honor this time of the Wheel of the Year. So, let me introduce the two of the most adorable, pretty, adorable, (laughs) handsome, wonderful, long-time pagans, (laughs) pagans for life. Here we go. This is David and Valora. Nice to be here. Likewise. <laughs> okay, let's begin with you, Valora. Um, tell me what you can, what you feel like talking about, about why you actually are a real, true pagan, have been for all your life. And I mean, you had to, there had to be something to get you here. Well, ever since I was really little, my dad had been a high priest, and he really used what he knew to influence my childhood. We had been meditating every night since I was in diapers. We started doing ritual work when I was four or five, and I think it's made me a really well-spoken person, first of all. 
but there there was a time when I did struggle with it. Between the age of like 12 and 14, I wasn't sure if it was something I wanted or if it was something I was doing just because my parents were. So my dad helped me out, and I took a couple of years to figure out what it really was I wanted. Uh, I explored temples and mosques. I explored Judaism, uh, Taoism, Buddhism. And at the end of the day, what really fulfilled me spiritually was paganism. And there were so many goals I had regarding it. So tell me something, if you can. What specifically about paganism attracts you? I mean, specifically about that. And by the way, I think it was really smart for you to explore other religions. I did the same thing. Um, I know several people who have. I know a lot of people who don't. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that they can't be true pagans or anything like that because of that. But you kind of need to get stuff out of your system. You kind of need to know who you're talking to. So what what was it, sweetie? Well, I think... uh the reason why it took me so long to figure out what I wanted is the religious discrimination I faced in school once I'd moved to the South. What helped me reach that form of clarity is one time I was really struggling as a kid. I couldn't keep my head together. I couldn't focus. And I was really conflicted when it came to religion. And one night my dad took me on a walk and we went to this really cool woodsy area And we stood there all night, and he guided me through an hour-long meditation. He touched on the things I was insecure about, and he'd given me a bunch of books to read after that. But all I can remember is the feeling I had when we were doing that guided meditation. I thought we'd only done it in the space of five minutes, but we were out there for an hour and a half. The sun had gone down. It was nine o'clock at night, and it barely felt like minutes. It was really beautiful. Isn't it lovely to have a a parent of the same faith, which is very, very unusual, but also one who would take so much time with you. And I think that's exactly what makes you the very special person that you are and an extremely devout pagan. I consider myself incredibly lucky. My dad offered me the clarity I need, and it was more liberating than anything I could have gone through, especially as a teenager, where I already felt full of so much insecurity and doubt and unable to handle some of the changes we had, but he literally did everything in his power to help me. He signed me up for online classes about paganism. He gave me any book I asked for. He would randomly surprise me with tarot cards, and he would help have me help him write rituals and... I think putting all that hard work into a child will really help them develop spiritually, and I'm so grateful that I did. Oh, honey, thank you so much for sharing that with us. I think that's delightful. And? David, why paganism? And I know you're a high priest, so, you know, what what prompted you not only paganism, but to move up into a almost what I would refer to as a leadership role? Well, I ended up just throwing out some straws, and uh, the one that I uh, picked up first was paganism, so, you know, why not? Oh, that's right, that's right, just do that to me. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. No, uh, but on a serious note, I chose paganism because that was the one that spoke out to me the most. I uh, grew up in a Christian home, and I went to a Christian school, and... 
Went to a Christian church is uh, multiple ones to you know see what seemed to fit the most. And uh, funny enough, I was always told by everyone, you know, someday you're going to be a pastor. I can just tell it. Well, little did they know. Little did they know. The purifying fires of Bellinus. <laughs> oh yeah, the purifying fires of Bellinus. <laughs> If you want to know what that's about, you should come to our Beltane ritual right on Saturday, April 28th. Be there, be there, be there this next following Saturday. Saturday the 28th, right? Yes. Yes. I'm glad I was here to tell you that. All right. So then you became a, a, by the way, don't you have one? Well, I know you do. I'm not going to be coy about this. Don't you have one of the very best covensteads in the state? Maybe on the East Coast? Absolutely. So Possibly on this, this half of the United States of America? It's without doubt up there. Uh, I don't know all of the other covensteads. I would definitely say within this city, without doubt. Um, this state, I would say, is a good likelihood and outside of that, just because I don't know all the other groups in this area outside of the city, I can't really speak to that. But uh, we but we'd love to have you come and visit. Very much so. <laughs> come to Beltane. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we definitely have a strong group here. It's uh, been going for several years, and we're very consistent. Uh, we keep gaining new members who say that we're the best group they've ever been to. So I'm very grateful to be a part of that and to have such great people that want to come and learn and be a part of this. I think that's wonderful, honey. I really do, and I am looking forward to it. So, David, that's uh, some really great information about how you got into it. What we're talking about now is Beltane, one of the high holy days of the pagan group. And give me a little explanation about what Beltane is and what it means. What it means. What it means. I mean, I imagine, honey, that most most pagans know. Maybe mm-hmm. some I, I, I hope so. wonder about. But uh, <laughs> for, for for people who are just uh, curious about this podcast, tell them what it means. Well, uh, as far as the name Beltane is concerned, uh, there's a lot of uh, different uh, research being done into where that name came from. Uh, for the most part, it's believed to be a uh, derivation of some of the deities' names, such as uh, Belenos, uh, Belios, Baal, so on and so forth. Uh, where exactly it comes from, as far as the name itself, uh, there's not a 100% certainty on that. Uh, what the ritual and rite itself means, which, uh, of course... If you have been in paganism for a long time, you know there is a difference between a ritual and a rite. Uh, This would be in the rite category since this is done on an annual basis rather than a daily basis. Uh, But Beltane is a fertility solar ritual, and it is uh, one of the highest holy days, and it is along the lines of Samhain as far as the veil being the thinnest. Uh, so there is a lot of crossover with uh, otherworldly visitors. Uh, we are definitely closer to the Fae and the ancestors and so on on this day and this night. Um, what historically was done 
to increase the fertility would be there would be two large bonfires or bell fires and uh, people of the village would take their livestock and pass between the two fires to ensure fertility and um, also people who were wanting to have uh, children uh, they would walk between the fires uh, it wasn't just about sexual fertility it was also about bringing your desires your ambitions to fruition so on a maypole which is also uh, danced around on this uh, sabbath a long time ago there used to be insignias of the different trades in that village carved into that pole uh, people would dance around it um, for good fortune. Uh, they would dance around it for fertility and so on. Um, that tradition still carries on in much of the United Kingdom and uh, parts of the U.S. as well, even outside of the pagan realm. I mean, I think that's wonderful. And I'm going to tell you that ancient path, Augusta Covenstead is going to have their Beltane Sacred Ceremony on um, Saturday, April 28th. The schedule of events is potluck dinner at 7, maypole dance at 8. Don't want to miss that. You don't want to miss the dinner either. Beltane mm-hmm. right performance at 9. This is very important because uh, the gates do shut before that. And socializing after that until midnight for those of you who are still standing. Uh, please be advised that it is age 18 and up only, no entry after 9 p.m., and $5 at the gate to help to pay for all this frivolity. Uh, please bring a dish to share, and uh, you can RSVP by going into, and it's all lower case, ancientpathaugusta at gmail.com. We would really love to see people there. It's something to behold. It really is. It's a lot of fun. We've been doing it for years, and it's just great. Yes. Okay, now. Now, my turn. Your turn. (laughs) Well, I have a captive audience. You can't go, guys. Sorry. (laughs) Make a run for it. Welcome to Tarot Table, where I put a a new spin on old cards and hopefully give you something to think about. Today's card drawn randomly from my deck, is the Hermit. You know he's lying, don't you? He didn't draw it randomly. He picked it up. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Randomly. Threw him okay. on the floor, picked yep, it up. Yep, that's it. Sort of like the straws. Okay, go ahead. Go the ahead. Hermit, the number nine card in the Major Arcana. For all your rock buffs, do not confuse this with the picture on the inner sleeve of the 71 album, Led Zeppelin IV. Yeah! <laughs> the Hermit stands alone on the top of a mountain. With a lantern in his hand. Don't jump! <laughs> Mountains typically symbolize achievement, growth, and accomplishment. The hermit has attained his spiritual pinnacle and is ready to share his knowledge with others. He is also continuing the path he has chosen, committed to his goal of ultimate awareness. The star in the lantern is a six-pointed star, which is the seal of Solomon or a symbol of wisdom. The staff carried by the hermit is the patriarch staff, a symbol of the narrow path of initiation and an emblem of power and authority. It represents the hermit's ability to use his isolation and the knowledge he has gained as a tool upon his path to reach even higher levels of awareness. The staff is in the hermit's left hand, the hand associated with the subconscious mind. The snow at his feet represents the heights of spiritual attainment. He wears the gray cloak of invisibility. His secrets are not for everyone. 
only for those earnestly seeking them and those willing to climb the heights to wisdom. The astrological correspondence for this card is Virgo, and the number nine signifies accomplishment and wisdom, the attainment of goals, as well as the search for truth. So, David and Ballora, I know you've at least had an experience with tarot before. Ballora, we'll start with you. You've had your cards read before. Absolutely. And uh, what did you expect from your first reading? Well, um, I had a I what I feel is a pretty standard set of expectations. Uh, I'm familiar with the Book of Thoth, and I did have the uh, corresponding deck. And aside from that, I'd never really read for myself before. My first reading was when I was 18 from a friend of mine. And he put so much detail, description, and beauty into what he had to say that I literally cried. And then, of course, I think the second and only other time was when I had you read my cards, which was also very, very moving. Well, you didn't cry. I didn't cry. No. <laughs> I, I was writing that Beltane high. <laughs> have, you, have you ever read your own cards? I have, once or twice. Uh, I definitely experimented with tarot a little bit when I was younger, but I had discovered runes once I was in 7th or 8th grade, and I've been studying them ever since. And runes are wonderful, aren't they? Absolutely. I love, I awesome. have a set, I have a set, and I've never, but Is it this set on your table? That's the thing on my table. Yeah. But, but see, he collects tarot cards. Bill mm -hmm. collects tarot cards, and they are fantastic. Fantastic. I love them just for the art, if nothing else. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, honey. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes, we all collect tarot just for the art. <laughs> <laughs> what, what else? I mean, Go ahead. David, yes. you've had your cards read before. Give us a little account of your experience. Well, um, you were my first bill. I have to be honest. <laughs> uh, I'm not going there. <laughs> and, and I'm blushing, guys. I'm blushing. And when you dealt me the cards and I got a royal flush, I knew things were going the right way. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wasn't that with the chips and we were around the round table? Exactly. I think you're thinking of poker, sweetie. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. You know, they used to use cards like that for uh, using tarot as well. I believe it. Yeah. They're both 52. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? It mm -hmm. is. Okay, so what else happened? Or was that it, sweetie? Uh, no, so Bill is definitely very accurate. Uh, he's very good with his tarot abilities and the readings that he gives. Uh, it wasn't meant to be a prophetic type of reading. It was more, this is the path you're on. Uh, this would be... Uh, a good direction to go. So it was more an advice type of reading. Uh, it definitely pointed me in the right direction, and it was accurate to where I was currently at as well. Don't you love that? I do. He, he reads for a lot of, of uh, people. Well, not a lot, but he reads for people throughout the year, and I, they, I am bloody amazed at how accurate he is. Now, I'm not in on the readings. I'm just telling you what they tell me afterwards, so it's kind of amazing. It really is. Well, I don't know what to do. My head's getting swollen here. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, that's some really good insight. And I always tell people when I do read their cards that it's not so much set in concrete of what you should do and shouldn't do, 
but it's kind of a roadmap to uh, to guide you on the way. And if you follow the roadmap, that's fine. If you want to go off somewhere else, that's fine too. And uh, it's just important that you understand that it's a tool that pagans use and other people use to help them in their lives. It's not a way to live your life. So it's so, not the roadmap for your life. Yeah. It's more recommendation. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Okay, so I want you guys to sit tight for just a minute. Our hour is up and it's time to go. And I absolutely thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And honey, you were wonderful. Um, thank you both. I hope this isn't the last time we do this, okay? Oh, absolutely not. I oh, loved it. Yeah, I would Good. love to be back. So look for us again next month, same time, same bat cave, or whenever we show up. Who knows? <laughs> but before we go, we're going to turn you over for a moment to credit the real magicians who make our show possible. Take it away, Rob. Yes, take it away, Rob, and thank you very much, and I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs>